Blog Talk Radio. Oh, and one. 
guys will be on Chicago as Black Wall Street prepares for the first Black Wall Street National Convention and Summit scheduled for August 20th through 23rd right here in Chicago. You're listening to Black Wall Street USA for Tuesday, August 5th, 2010. I'm Sonia Perdue, founder of Chicago's Black Business Network.com. And we are here every Thursday evening on blogtalkradio.com slash CBBN with our host, the chairman of Black Wall Street Chicago, Mr. Ron Carter. Join us at 7 p.m. on Thursday evenings and be a part of sustaining and increasing black businesses. Listen to a rebroadcast of CBBN on Blog Talk Radio at www.wjpcchicago.com, our show will air from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. on Saturday mornings. That's wjpcchicago.com. Our call-in number is 347-326-9477. Our call-in number is 347-326-9477. We've noticed through the weeks that our hits are increasing, our listenership is increasing, but we want you to call in and be a part of the show. Uh, We want you to call in and tell us about your business, your vision, uh, what's going on in your Blackwall district, uh, anywhere in the nation. Our chat room is open. Leave your company information and website links in the chat room. Press the number one if you would like to speak to one of our guests. We need to see you press the number one. That signals us to bring you on the air. We'll come. uh, We'll say the last four digits of your telephone number and say, Welcome to Blackwall Street, USA. You will know that you are live at that time. This show is about Chicago tonight as we lead up to the National Convention in August. We invited some of the members of Chicago's Network.com to discuss their businesses, their organizations, and their visions. Of course, our doors are open to all across the nation to call in. Come on by and tell us about your business. We're going to bring the chairman of Black Wall Street, Chicago, on the air in a few minutes because he has some very special announcements. As a matter of fact, you can say you heard it first on Black Wall Street USA tonight. But first, I want to give you a rundown of the convention events. Friday, first of all, Friday, August 20th, the welcome reception or summit kickoff will be held from 4.30 p.m. to 10 p.m. at the offices of the South Street Journal, located at 449 East 75th Street here in Chicago. Then Saturday, August 21st, from 8 a.m. to 4.30 p.m., Black Wall Street Chicago will be hosting Summit 13. That's right. There has been 12 summits in Chicago prior to this, but we are creating history by hosting the first national convention and summit for Black Wall Street. The Curry Event Center, located in a Chicago Black Wall Street district, is the place to be on August 21st. The new quarry is located at 2423 East 75th Street in Chicago. That's 2423 East 75th Street in Chicago. Now, we're just getting started. After we finish that Saturday evening, we will be rolling out the red carpet at the quarry as Black Wall Street hosts its awards reception, along with the screening of Before They Die, which is the story of the Tulsa, Oklahoma race riot survivors. Doors open at 6.30 p.m. Sunday morning, no, we're not finished yet. Sunday morning, 8 a.m. to 10 a.m., Black Wall Street will reassemble at the Chicago South Loop Hotel, located at 11 West 26th Street. The Reverend Michael Carter, our national president, will gather us together again for our national prayer breakfast. 
That is Sunday, August 22nd at 8 a.m. At 8 a.m. Call us at 312-239-8835, 312-239-8835 to make your reservations, or visit us at www.blackwallstreetdistrict.com, blackwallstreetdistrict.com to register online. You're listening to Black Wall Street USA for Thursday, August the 5th. I'm Sonia Perdue, founder of Chicago's BlackBusinessNetwork.com. Let's welcome our host, Mr. Ron Carter, chairman of Black Wall Street Chicago. How you feeling, Ron? Hi, Sonia, and hi all of our listeners here on Chicago's Black Business Network, hosting of the Black Wall Street USA talk show. I'm doing fine. How about yourself? I'm doing good, Ron. Is it stretching y'all from all ends, Ron? You working 24 hours yet? Uh, no, we're not working 24 hours. We're working maybe about 21. Do not over-exaggerate the point, okay? That's 21 hours, not 24, okay? <laughs> you know, why you want to stretch it out like that, you know? We have to get some sleep in here sometime. But Two or three hours. That, that works. That helps out a whole lot, I mean, but I think that that is the, the, the norm for us when we're really involved in what we're doing, the importance of what we're doing. We have to give all that we can uh, to make it happen. And it's not just about what we're doing here in Chicago. It is a reflection of the nation, and it's the nation as it relates to black businesses and sustaining and increasing black businesses, and as it relates to how each city is geared into the importance of securing and increasing black business with the obstacles of those internal and those obstacles of those external. And that means how the government sees black businesses to the point that the law now is minority opposed to black, Hispanic, Latino, the term is minority. So that is a government mandate on how black businesses are looked at. And that means as we see the increase of others, we see the decrease of blacks when we speak of the term minority. So I'm emphasizing that to the importance of how we have to stay focused with the term Black Wall Street. And it's not to take anything away from anyone else or to cooperate with anybody else, but the urgency of what we have to do to sustain and increase black businesses. And that does have everything to do with, as you came up with the term, all eyes on Chicago. So with that, with the 21 hours, with the issues of minority versus black, with the focus of the black Wall Street districts and not just popping up here in Chicago, but popping up through other parts of the country as well, we have a heavy responsibility, and that responsibility sometimes give us that extra strength, and sometimes it puts that extra pressure on us at the same time. So all saying that is that we have how many days now or a couple of weeks before the first national um, Black Wall Street Summit? Uh, what's that, about two weeks now away? 
Uh, it's day 17, Mr. Carter, and that's a good comeback, 21 hours. Thank you so much. I want you to listen to this. <laughs> you listen to Black Wall Street USA. And yeah, Ron, okay, you did your three hours. But uh, yeah. this is what I want to. This is what I want to say uh, to you, Ron. Yeah, Ron. Ron runs well on, on three hours of sleep. Let's start off uh, the countdown. It is day seventeen, Ron. And in spite of obstacles, we're going forward. And as I tell uh, everybody this week, tensions get high, but we keep on stepping. Want everybody to know, and that's why I mentioned tonight, Ron. There has been twelve summits before anybody ever heard of you. They heard of they heard of Black Wall Street. Now, before anybody even knew about it, every quarter, people, there was a Black Wall Street summit. Since what is that? May May of two oh seven, twenty oh seven, Ron? That was well, the first, May 19th, first month. May nineteenth, two thousand seven. That was a celebration of Malcolm X's birthday, and that emphasis on his birthday is because people look at him more of the terms of uh, I don't turn no other cheek and by other means necessary, but there was an economic agenda of Malcolm X, which is no different than Chinatown, Greektown, Hispanic Town, and the misinterpretation of what black nationalism means as it relates to securing your own base. Uh, I'm hearing more people now questioning the the Martin Luther King with the integration movement, but uh, months before uh, Martin Luther King was assassinated, his focus was cash in the check, or the check was not insignificant as it relates to the parity of the wealth that's here in the United States. So May 19th, we have had uh, 12 summits every three months, and we're heading on our 13th summit on our first anniversary of Black Wall Street USA National Summit. That's right. That's right. Let's break it down for them. Let's break down the convention events for them, Ron. Let's start with Friday, August 20th, the welcome reception. What should they expect that evening, Ron Carter? Well, welcome reception. People are going to be coming in starting at 430, coming from out of town, coming from all parts of Chicagoland area, registering for this weekend. And they can be greeted by the staff here at Black Wall Street uh, in South Street Journal's office with a presentation by the Reverend Jesse L. Jackson, Sr., who's the head of the Rainbow Coalition. And it gives us some great uh, privilege to have Reverend Jackson to be a part of this because as uh, Mark Allen, our associate publisher, associate editor of South Street Journal said is that Martin Luther King gave um, Reverend Jackson the order to have blacks to start shopping with blacks and to focus in on economics. And with that, Jesse Jackson came to Chicago in the, uh, how long, I think in the uh, mid, uh, uh, early 70s. And when he did so, he opened up Operation Breadbasket. And Operation Breadbasket, led by Jesse Jackson, was about economics. And from that time when he first came to Chicago to this day, uh, we see Jesse Jackson in many different forms of social justice. 
but he always had this economic base. And one thing that I know about Jesse Jackson it was that his indication was in order to sustain and to increase Rainbow Push, he had to sustain and increase black businesses. And with that, he made him some millionaires around him. And even modeled after Jesse Jackson, that's still the focus of Black Wall Street. We want to create us some millionaires. And once we be able to sustain our business growth, we're able to sustain our social and our political growth. So we're honored to have Jesse Jackson to be our kickoff guest. And along with Jesse Jackson, there is uh, Cheryl Jackson, the former former uh, CEO and president of the Chicago Urban League. At the same time that Black Wall Street was pushing out its uh, mission to sustain and increase black businesses, simultaneously, without any dialogue, uh, Cheryl Jackson and the Urban League claimed that Chicago will be the next Black Wall Street. Now, they didn't have no idea where, how Black Wall Street was going to actually make their slogan actually happen to the point that we have secured four Black Wall Street districts in Chicago since the Chicago Urban League indicated that Chicago will be the next Black Wall Street district. So it gave us great honor to have Cheryl Jackson to be with us that Friday night as well in our kickoff. Two pioneers from the civil rights to the present uh, direction of business development is going to be right here with us kicking it off. And then it's going to be you. It's going to be our staff. It's going to be our board members of Black Wall Street, the associates. So we're going to be gathering here that Friday night. Uh, celebrating our first national uh, summit. So I'm looking forward to that kickoff, and uh, it is definitely going to be uh, an awards. We're going to have people that have was part of Black Wall Street in the uh, first meeting, in our first planning stage. One of our members, uh, Mr. Mr. Reed, not Mr. Reed, uh, yeah, Reedy, Reedy Reed, I'm sorry, he would be with us. Uh, uh, what was that? Eden Run, the general, um, he's held, he runs Eden Run uh, Chicken. He was one of the first original members of Black Wall Street. He would be here with us that Friday night. So we're looking at having somewhat of a little uh, family reunion of those people that have took part in Black Wall Street in the first um, three years of our existence. That's just a Friday night uh, with uh, that That's type right. of networking. Okay? That's so, right. Yeah, so we're going to enjoy that night. It's going to be a fun night as well. Uh, formal, ask, but at the same time, kickback at the same time. Absolutely. Uh, you listen to Black Wall Street USA with Chairman Ron Carter. I'm Sonia Purdue, founder of Chicago's Black Business Network.com. We want you to know a couple of things, additional things. I mean, can there even be more? We haven't even started. Uh, we want, to know, want you to know a couple of additional things about uh, Friday evening. Uh, we will be serving uh, light refreshments. Uh, that is from 4.30 to 10 p.m. at the offices of the South Street Journal, located at 449 East 35th Street. And one thing I want, uh, want to remind our audience that Ron Carter is the editor and publisher of the South Street Journal. 
And uh, I'm going to give them a few minutes to talk about that, and we are going on to Saturday. But before we do, I want uh, Ron to stop and invite you for the historical publication of the South Street Journal edition next week, which is going to be dedicated to Black Wall Street. Is that right, Ron? You got that right. Uh, so, yeah, we have, we've been having a little delay in, in, in with the whole industry of the newspaper uh, industry, but we're proud that we're getting ready to come right back out with South Street Journal, dedicating to sustaining and increasing black business of the efforts of Black Wall Street, and that's focused on this coming Thursday. So we want people to look out for this special issue. And with South Street Journal is a newspaper uh, job is to report the news and give people information, but we tend to do a little bit more. We tend to sometimes make the news, even making the news to the point that the Citizen newspaper gave us a, a full-page uh, spread based on our involvement with Black Wall Street. So the newspaper is sometimes have to step beyond its norm of just reporting the news, but as the the news come and we see it and we analyze it, sometimes the newspaper is going to have to step up and do more than just report. And so we feel very privileged that we have been a part of this whole Black Wall Street movement that's been going on in Chicago and that our newspaper is definitely going to uh, pay close attention to it as we even move forward, uh, move forward in the years to come, but move forward as we lead up to that national summit. So, yeah, we, uh, South Street Journal is going to be here and looking good as normal. Absolutely. And we want to invite our listening audience, and we want you to spread the word that you should be a part of this historical edition of South Street Journal. You can place your ad by calling 312-624-8351, 312-624-8351. What's that deadline, Ron, for getting an ad in that, that paper? That deadline is this coming Tuesday. Uh, we got to have everything in this Tuesday so we can hit the streets with this paper on Thursday in time for our um, summit, uh, which would be a week before and a couple of days before the Billiken Parade, which Black Wall Street will be marching in. So that's all part of uh, making things happen. Tuesday is the deadline, uh, right. not only for the uh, ads, but we will take in full consideration any special stories people want to put in the paper regarding their businesses and their personal uh, gratitude and comments regarding sustaining and increasing black businesses. Absolutely. And we also want you to know that we can also probably do a package for you uh, with an ad on Black Wall Street USA right here. And you note that this show is replayed on Saturday mornings on WJPC Chicago 9 a.m. to 11 a.m., which gives you an even greater marketing uh, opportunity. So we have a lot of uh, advantages available for you. This is, not, this is an addition that you should not miss. You should not miss this because, as we say, and our slogan is, all eyes on Chicago. And 
you should not miss this marketing opportunity. We have some more coming up for you. Call 312-624-8351 to get your ad in that edition. Now, Ron, let's, we're going to talk about the Bub Billington Parade. Not right now. I mean, I play this full. That's why those uh, 21-hour days. Let's go to Saturday. Let's go to Saturday, uh, August 21st, 8 a.m. to 4.30 p.m. That is summer 13. What can we expect, Ron? Well, doors opening at 8.30 in the morning, and it's going to be a very tight agenda. Uh, and the agenda, sometimes uh, we start our committee meet, meeting saying, let's be prepared for the unexpected. Uh, even though we have our structure, which we're going to call that summit to order, and when we call the summit to order, we're going to have the, the roll call of who's present, who's there to take action, and who's there to make votes on the motions and the resolutions that take place throughout this whole Saturday day. And as we do that, we're going to give an overview of Black Wall Street Chicago, of Black Wall Street USA. We're going to speak about the, uh, the, the historical movement of Black Wall Street, even as it comes from 1921 from the historical massacre of Tulsa, Oklahoma, and what happened with that mighty community of black businesses all because of a assumption of a black man making some type of move on a white woman that caused uh, over 600 homes and businesses to be destroyed uh, of Black Wall Street. So we're going to have that presentation of Black Wall Street, and then we're going to go into a state of black businesses from our national uh, president, Michael Carter. Uh, we're going to talk about the structure of Black Wall Street, how we're structuring this um, this summit, and how we're moving forward. We're going to go into the resolutions uh, or the workshops, in which we're going to have approximately about 14 workshops that's addressing, sustaining, and, and increasing black businesses, uh, which would include uh, the a legislative committee on how legislation is affecting black businesses. Uh, we're going to be addressing starting the black Wall Street districts, uh, looking at these black Wall Street districts as it relates to the present and moving on to the year 2040, uh, sustaining and increasing black businesses. We're additionally, we're going to have a workshop that address a, a a concept of the Black Better Business Committee. We're going to have black contractors in the neighborhood. Uh, we're going to have basically a host of resolutions that's not just about, I mean, the host of the workshops is about resolutions, about what we're going to do and how we're going to address it to move on to our next summit that's going to be in um, November of this year. So each workshop is a working progress of development towards sustaining and increasing black business. After our workshops of about 14 of them, we will have a review to the general body on what each workshop 
is going to do to move forward. Our key address would be the dynamic dynamite TNT uh, attorney um, Thomas Todd. He would make that formal address. We will also have an address by Congressman Bobby Rush, uh, and then we're going to have presentations by each Black Wall Street district on where they're at and where they're going, not only just from, from Chicago, but from around the uh, country as well. So all of those activities are going to uh, conclude about 4.30 that uh, evening. And then from there, we're going to move on. And all of this is taking place at the quarry. The quarry is on the Black Wall Street District of 75th Street, and it is owned by a board member, Mr. Ernest Armstrong, of the Black Wall Street. And he is proud in the efforts in developing the quarry is all black establishment, not only from the contractors that's doing the rehabilitation of the place, but also the black insurance company. Uh, when he closed the real estate deal, upon closing it, he had a black real estate uh, transaction uh, people. He had the uh, title company was black. Uh, is a banquet facility and a restaurant. So we're proud to have that whole summit convention at the quarry. And at the same time, we're going to move on into the evening, which will kick off about 6.30, where we're proud to be in collaboration with the producers of the documentary Before They Die, which give a overview and a direct meaning and a, a real moving documentary about Tulsa, Oklahoma, and the, what happened to the Black Wall Street from 1921. Uh, we will move on to have, after doing, the, doing that evening program, we will move on to have a, a salute to black uh, um, entrepreneurs, which will also include a, a longevity award to the Chicago Defender as the longest living black business in the United States of 105 years old. And so that whole evening will be focused on uh, where we are and where we're going with the celebration of an awards. Uh, from there, we're going to move on to Sunday to a Worship Sunday of Black Business that's going to be uh, delivered by our national president, the Reverend Michael Carter. And from there, uh, we're going to have a leadership meeting to recap what we have done uh, during this whole summit and where we're going to move on to it next year summit, but also what are the steps we're going to take place to monitor our progress of this whole summit. So we got a whole weekend of uh, deliverance, a whole weekend of intensity, and a whole weekend of making history and sustaining and increasing black business. 
Absolutely, Mr. Carter. You're listening to Black Wall Street USA, and what we're doing is we're reviewing the events for the Black Wall Street Convention and Summit scheduled for August 20th to 23rd. Uh, let me go back one moment to uh, Sari Deron. I'd like to mention a little bit more about a couple of the workshops. Uh, legislative Plan of Action, uh, the facilitator for that will be Mr. Mark S. Mark S. Allen. Women in Business, the facilitator will be Ms. Linda Clark, Ms. Linda Clark Carter. International mm-hmm. Trade, Ms. Kuma Brooks. Oh, you do know that woman. That's a Mrs. Yeah. Clark. And uh, International Trade, as a matter of fact, I think we have some confirms for that. Ms. Pepper Mill is one of the confirms for that Women in Business broadcast. Uh, workshop. So that's great news right there. International Trade, Ms. Kuma Brooks. We want to reach out and thank Ms. Kuma Brooks for hosting uh, the show last week. The title was What's Wrong with Africa? But what we were really trying to present what was right with Africa, and that was a very good show, Ron. Kuma is a Black Wall Street board member, and she was here because Ron was at uh, another showing uh, before they died. And uh, they were very excited. Uh, He did speak during the Q&A of that show, and we'll again, uh, we will have a Q&A after the showing on that Saturday evening at the awards event. We, uh, let's see, marketing and advertising strategies for black businesses is Tori Muhammad and Renault Tatum. Black Wall Street Youth Agenda, that's going to be headed by Darius Randall and Craig Mathis. Craig Mathis, I would like to mention, is one of our sponsors. He is the CFO of Tribe, Total Resources Involvement Benefiting Everyone a multilateral development group, and we hope that he can call in. We we was invited to call in this evening, and we hope that he can call in and tell us a little bit more about his organization. But he is one of our sponsors, and we want to certainly thank him for his support. We also want to thank one of our other sponsors who will be hosting a workshop that evening. That is Project Safe Neighborhoods making America's community safer. And they will be presenting a business forum for business owners, ex-offenders, hiring policies, tax credits, and liabilities, what business owners should know now. And uh, this is a very forward, very fast-tracked organization. The topics will cover how to assess federal and state tax credits, reading and interpreting interpreting a background check and other discussions related to hiring the ex-offenders and how you can get tax credits for that. This is very timely information. We need to open the door uh, for these people. That is part of their rehabilitation. They're coming to the community looking for jobs. This is how we rehabilitate our people. I want to mention a couple of other workshops. You mentioned black contractors, black church economic agendas. Uh, we're welcoming, welcoming people to that panel. And what we're looking for, and I should say as a national summit coordinator, this is what I'm looking for in that particular panel. Uh, we're looking for churches where we see the money flowing from the church into the community. Pastor Curtis Rogers is one example of that, and he has been invited to be a part of that panel. We are also looking at uh, follow the Money, Black to Green National Sustainable Agenda, and the facilitators for that 
Miss Naomi Davis, JD, and uh, Attorney Miss Naomi Davis, and Miss Sharon Lewis Harris. So we've got a lot of things going on on that Saturday, and we want to come back to the awards, uh, the awards reception. Tell us a couple of people who's going to be uh, honored that evening, Ryan. For that Saturday, uh, well, again, we're looking at the um, Chicago Defender. Uh, we're also uh, looking at, the matter of fact, where well, we're going back a little bit, that uh, Jesse Jackson, that Friday, he will be getting an award. Uh, and, you know, Sonia, you caught me. You tell me, who are those people who are getting these awards? Do you know? <laughs> <laughs> I know we're having awards for people, but we get so involved in the day-to-day. Yeah, we're thanking a lot of people, but I don't know who we're getting awards. We have a lot, we have a lot, we have a lot to be thankful for. <laughs> don't ask me a question like that. I know we're giving out some awards. down there this past couple of weeks about LaShawn K. Ford uh, in assistance with, I believe, that was Reeving Fellows. Uh, what was what was that just passed? Um, it was the African-American Employment Bill. 
And uh, but okay. I have to say that there's been uh, Lashawn Ford introduced the African American Employment Bill, but as he did so, there is some discrepancies as far as what Governor Quinn signed and what he did not sign. And this here is development that just came up uh, yesterday mm-hmm. and today regarding mm-hmm. that legislation. But Reven Fellows, uh, a board member of Black Wall Street, has been working very diligently with Representative Ford to make this bill happen. It's no different than any other uh, group that have a, a bill, and Reverend Fellows felt the need to push it, and he worked with uh, Representative uh, Ford uh, to make it happen. But we do have some questions on the status of Governor Quinn signing that bill. Uh, but it definitely has been in the works, and it has passed out of the House committee for the African-American bill. And not only that, um, the legislation uh, workshop that's going to be chaired and facilitated by Mark Allen uh, gives a lot of emphasis on the question of minority versus black as it relates to contract and vendorship of uh, black businesses. So that does um, uh, give some great um, uh, focus on legislation and uh, an awards to a great extent of the efforts of Representative LaShawn Ford. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, that young man has his fate, his plate full, but he's doing he's he is doing a hell of a job down there. Now, now let me ask you uh, something else. Let's talk about um, we're talking about the summit, and all of the all of these things are a part of the summit. Let's talk about historically uh, once again, Black Wall Street being a part of the Butt Billiken Parade. Oh yeah, oh yeah, which would be the first. So we're going to have a host of supporters that's going to be lining up with Black Wall Street, going down the historical King Drive for the Buck Billiken. I believe this here is the, oh, I can't tell you what year it is, but I believe it's something like the 76th Buck Billiken Parade. So we're going to be well represented in this parade, walking down, declaring the Black Wall Street districts of Ella. Uh, I'm sorry, of Chicago, uh, and it's going to be ending with the the other um, with the outing. Some people call it picnic. We don't like to use the word picnic because just a little sidetrack. If you can pay attention to the word picnic. Does it make it, does it have any type of relationship to anything to you, Sonia? Picnic. No. Um, you ain't yes, got it. it does, but I, yes, I do, but I want you to tell it because I, I, I think I'll tell it wrong. It has something to do with watching black people get lynched. I'm not sure if that's what it means. Well, in Tulsa, Oklahoma, remember we had the Tulsa riots. Uh, it wasn't just Tulsa, Oklahoma, but white folks, and I think if you've seen some pictures of lynchings and where you've seen white people standing around smiling 
in the background you had um, uh, black people hanging off the trees, and you had white children and women just smiling at the point of a black person hanging from a tree with a rope around their neck. And that came up to, let's pick a nigger. And what they did, they say, let's go get some black folks. Let's just pick one. And when they picked one, they took that black person. And from that term, instead of let's go pick a nigger, they cut the term up and they cut the term down. And it was called picnic, opposed to pick a nigger. It was picnic. So I stay away from that term picnic because it's really a celebration of lynchings opposed to a morning of lynchings. We have been programmed to celebrate the lynchings of black people when we use the term picnic. So getting back to the Billiken Parade, I would say that it is a community outing. Uh, of celebration of the Buck Billiken Parade opposed to ending that parade with a picnic because it's very disturbing whenever I hear that term. It's almost like when I hear the term the N-word. It it gives me a little chill that we are now celebrating what has been used to degrade us. And so it's a outing opposed to what we normally say, picnic. But we will be having this outing at the end of the Bub Billiken Parade, um, and Black Wall Street will have a table. We will be greeting people. We'll be passing our literature, and we will be promoting the following weekend of our national summit. Uh, so we're very proud to be a part of the Bub Billiken uh, Parade to join up for the rest of the community, and that is known as the second largest parade in the United States, Uh, second to the, I believe, the Rose Bowl. Uh, The Buff Billiken Parade is the second largest parade. Over one uh, million people take part in it, and it has millions and millions of people that view it all over the world. So uh, Black Wall Street is going to be up in the top number of the parades, so we're going to be proud to be seen throughout the world uh, being a part of the Buck Billiken Parade. Absolutely. And I just want to say the only way that we can get past uh, our, our incorrect language usage is to repeat uh, the history of the word over and over again. You're listening to Black Wall Street USA with our chairman of the board, Ron Carter. I'm Sonia Perdue. Let's let's do this. First of all, uh, we're going to go to the phones. But first of all, we want to invite you to be a part of what we do with Buck Billiken Parade. Uh, call us at 312-624-8351. We'd like for you to be part of what we do in sustaining and increasing black businesses. You're invited to come out and be a part of everything that we do. And so you're invited. If you've never walked in the Bud Parade, 
this is a chance for you. Get your Black Wall Street T-shirt, come out and be a part of what we do. And I'm going to tell this little story about Bud. I got to walk in this parade. I do. I just really have to walk in this parade. Very good, five, very good. I, I was five years old, and uh, lived on 35th and Princeton, a lady named Belle. She, uh, I don't remember everything, but I know she had a little parade group. I was in the little marching little parade group. And I was the youngest person in that group. So I remember that year. That's the only year I remember doing it. We did like four or five parades prior to the Bud Billiton uh, here, there, everywhere. It was kind of rough on me, but I made it through those little walks. Had to go to the bathroom. I was tired. It was long for me, you know. When it got to the Bud Billiton parade, they made the decision I was too little to walk in the Bud Billiton parade. Oh, I, wow. had, I had a fit. <laughs> Right, I could right. not walk in the Butt Billiton Parade. So what I did, you know, on King Drive, they had those balconies. We went over Rubber Perry's house, and I could look down at my little group, walking mm-hmm. past on the balcony. Right, hi, I'm waving at them. They're waving at me. <laughs> and so I got to walk in this parade. I got to make all 20 blocks. I got to mm-hmm. do it. So we're inviting right. everyone out to to come on out and be a part of what we do. Uh Let's go to the telephone. Uh, one of our chairs of Black Wall Street Chicago, Bronzeville District, is on the line. Let's welcome Ms. Bobby Johnson. Good evening, Bobby. Good evening. Hello, Bobby Johnson. Hey, we're doing, doing fine. We're doing great. Good. You know, while Bobby I was Johnson. Yeah, go ahead. While I was listening at you talking about the picnic, um, I pulled up the history from the Chicago Bee newspaper yeah. on, the incep- on the inception of the parade back in the uh, 30s. Uh-huh. Um, and basically, what the, 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 the Bronzeville um, rituals back in the early years were associated with black people migrating north from Jim Crow. Um, And the lynching was a major factor because it was the most painful part associated with moving north. I mean, there was the bull weevil eating up the cotton and um, uh, drought um, that influenced the move and the Chicago Defender newspapers being smuggled down by the Pullman porters um, to show the people what the life was like in Chicago to come north. Um, The parade itself um, signified the emancipation um, of black folk after the uh during the Civil War in eighteen sixty three and the other piece had to do with just moving north, celebrating moving north and being able to um let's say accomplish um our own black businesses. Um, black people, when they moved north, even though we were segregated and we lived on a narrow strip um, west of King Drive, 
we were happy that we were together and that we were able to buy from each other and we fed off of the wealth that we built from being segregated in Bronzeville. Um, So that's what the celebration was about. It was never about the, I quote, picnic. Okay, Um, this is why I spent 20 years of my life doing research to get the right meanings of what has happened in the last 100 years of our, our, our existence in this city so we can not only tell our children but tell some of the people our ages because people don't know. Um, this is why on Saturday we're launching the Bronzeville Stroll which was the dance that the people would do as they paraded past the black businesses and went in and bought from the business. This proudness caused them to celebrate, sort of like you do in the African village. There are African kings are escorted into the square in the village under an umbrella. How we took that umbrella from Africa was we took it to New Orleans, and you see they dance with the umbrella during Mardi Gras weekend, which is basically the big strut. Okay, so what we're saying is we're going to take that umbrella and we're going to we're going to teach um, the community preparing for the 2016 Great Migration Celebration, our 100 years migration into Bronzeville. We are going to make the stroll a ritual to do. In other words, you dance and you march into your black business. Hello? Okay, like we used to do. And you prepare to celebrate your 100-year anniversary. We're saying that we want the um, stroll to become just as important as the Cupid Shuffle. To the left, to the left, to the left, to the left. Now walk it like you want to. Okay, walk on into that black business. So we're going to take this. We're going to launch at the Bronzeville Business Association Festival with the stroll. And um, your, your own host here has volunteered to wear one of the outfits and come in for rehearsal tomorrow. Um, to get her marching orders for the stroll. So, so we're right. saying we're taking we're taking the rituals of the past, uh-huh. and we are educating the community on how to support your black business. It is nothing to be ashamed of. I mean, we know our community is. They're trying to gentrify our community, and they're trying to destroy the luster of the community. We don't mind living in a gentrified community since it's already done happened, but we are looking for our relatives to move them back in the community, and we can celebrate any going into anybody's business, but we are not going to be apologetic about what we called in the 60s 
black nationalism, where we was concerned about the economic parity of people of African descent. Okay, and and in the book uh, that Dr. King wrote, Why We Can't Wait, it's called that Fifth Symphony, which is economic parity. We have experienced the other four, which was emancipation, education, political empowerment, um, uh, what's the civil rights. And now that fifth one is economic parity. So we're saying we want the African-American community to um, repair itself. So I'm asking everybody to meet me on the street Saturday. All right. Uh, from, 10, from 10 to 6. And we know we got a lot of stuff going on Saturday. We got the Jazz Festival. We got Today's Black Woman. We got uh, Senator Maddie Hunter's Health Fair. We got the festival in Bronzeville. So we saying everybody just by get it all done. You know, you go to you go you go to everything. You go to the Health Fair. Then you come over to King Drive to to. Um, the the BBA's festival and you know save that uh, jazz thing for late for the late evening because you know that's when they put on the main acts anyway so so we're, uh, in uh, South Shore so we're saying we're saying that let's celebrate the preparation for Bud Billiken and 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 begin to understand the real meanings for why we do what we do. Now, Bobby, you have been, uh, you've definitely been an instrumental part of the community from uh, many different, but first of all, I have to say the Honorable Bobby Johnson, because you are the committee, the, uh, the elected committeeman of the Third Ward Republican Party, uh, yes. and which is not the party of a, Douglas. The, the pot, however you call it, you definitely are an elected official, and uh, yes. the, the the responsibility that comes with that, and at the same time, you are a community activist, and yes. one part of your community activism from working with the youth to concern with the economic stability of the youth and your involvement in saving the historical uh, Rosenwald building. And you made yes. a certain point in, uh, earlier in our many conversations about the, one of the initial purposes of this big, what is it, uh, a 600-unit uh, building? Is that, does that have a unit? 432 units uh, mm-hmm. when they built it. Yes. Okay. With, and a you, with a with a fifteen commercial strip business mm-hmm. right. and a and a park inside of the middle of uh-huh. the building. All right. The courtyard. And there is a part a, a a meaning or some type of uh, I think you told me before that there was a special focus of those uh, commercial storefronts part of the Rosenwald building. Uh, can you elaborate what the 
initial development uh, purpose of those storefronts along what, 47th Street? What, 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 I, what I can do is give you a little history about it because a lot of this stuff that we're rediscovering is going to end up being big research projects and so forth. Uh, Mr. Rosenwald and Booker T. Washington uh, created this bond together um, at the turn of the century. Mr. Rosenwald became inspired by uh, Booker T. Washington's uh, philosophy. A lot of people don't know that Booker T. started the National Black Entrepreneurship Society back in the early 1900s. So by the time Booker T. had passed, um, Rosenwald had built 5,500 schools in the South um, for African-American youth to go to. And Dr. Hall, being his doctor, who was over Providence Hospital, carried out his wishes um, and his death. The building was built, they said, for labor force work, for people who was working. A lot of the aristocratic blacks from Alabama ended up moving in the building. And then the actual storefront buildings were built with businesses that were started by Jewish businesses. And then what they did, they used the businesses as incubator businesses to teach the African-American entrepreneurship, and then they handed those businesses over to the African-Americans after they had learned how to run those businesses. You had a chocolate, uh, um, uh, Glenette Tilly Turner, who is our Illinois uh, expert on the Underground Railroad who lives out in DuPage County. Her her cousin owned the chocolate candy store. Then you had another lady that owned a hat shop. Um, you had other businesses associated with the Rosenwald, but they was like around the corner, like the Baldwin ice cream that was started by Kit Baldwin, the four postal workers. Baldwin ice cream now is owned by McDonald's. Okay, Miss um, Robichaud showed it, uh, sold it to Beatrice Food, and then Beatrice Food became a part of McDonald's, and now the Baldwin ice cream is McDonald's. Okay, you had big garages where the people would valet their car from the Rosenwald over on Wabash, and the car would be parked over there, and then it was a car wash. We we talked to some of the residents. You have all kind of brilliant history about this building, and that's why I fought so hard to keep it up because the building basically tells the most fantastic story of how we survived. Okay, not only what happens when you have adequate housing, but when you work together, the wealth you can create. So that's what the building symbolizes. Now everybody understands because Michael Bay, which is a DreamWorks, which is the ones in town doing the Transformer 3 movie, is a $4 billion company. Mm -hmm. 
they rented the Rosen Wall from the current owners for a month to shoot three scenes of the movie because the building has the look of a town in Russia. Okay, Mr. Rosenwald got the design and architecture of the building from Germany. So I guess you do Germany, Russia, when you talk in uh, the Champs-Élysées and French, and, and, and France, those five-story buildings have a certain magnificent look about them. And so the, the courtyard was the scenery. The Bronzeville Junior Journalist cracked the story about Tyrese and Shia Bay and all the movie stars being in the building. And with the assistance of Mark Allen, our a phenomenal civil rights leader, we were able to get ABC to come out and cover the story that the movie was in the black community. If the young people had not broke the story, we would have not known it, and we would not be able to to call Mr. Bay and tell him he owes us some money for our not-for-profit because Illinois gives any Hollywood movie a 35% tax write-off, a tax increment, and then because we are in a TIF also and because state representative uh, Ken Duncan is the head of the Illinois Film Committee. We're getting ready to get some money to do some real journalism, to do some real theater, to do some real art in Bronzeville, all for this tax credit from this movie, mm-hmm. okay, well, which will be a part of my report at the National Black Wall Street because I know that I owe you all a uh, report. I'm so sorry that I've been so secretive. It's just that it has been so much work. You've been secretive, launch. Bobby. Are you? Are you well, exposed? We, I see. We didn't even know you was being secretive. Now we're going to well, put you in the unzip. Well, I'm just saying I had to get all of this stuff done. Okay. okay. And when you got the Black National Black Wall Street, you got the C map. You got the Black Chambers of Commerce. You got mm. the local uh, Black Wall Street, okay? And then you got all these other agendas. How can we come up with this matrix to take all well, of these initiatives and and move our community forward? So that's all I'm saying to you, Ron. I had well, to you got a major task uh, to the point that you're looking at 47th Street being a Black Wall Street district. Uh, yes. Can you give our listeners a somewhat of an overview of what that consists of, and where does this? Uh, what's the? What part of Forty Seventh Street are we speaking of, and well, how do you perceive the community to uh, to embrace a Black Wall Street district on Forty Seventh Street? Well, we we say that the Forty Seventh Street TIFF which was created by the previous alderman. It's a TIF that goes from 40th Street to 51st on the north side of the street from Vincennes down to State Street. In that TIF, 
you got every significant building that meant any, anything to the great migration. I know we had other action, other where, other places, but you got in that tiff, you got the church where Emmett Till's funeral was. You got the labor leaders building, the packing house, which is now called the Family Investment Center. Okay, Times Square, where where Stepin originated, where Joe Lewis's first fight was, where the boys spoke, and Booker T. Okay, you got the Defender newspaper because it's got a new address, so now it's in the district. You got um, you got the oldest black business in Chicago. So you're speaking of not necessarily which is a Parker. Parker House Sausage, the oldest black business in Chicago, is in the 47th Street tip. Okay, okay so when you look the at this, let me, let me get a clarification from you, Bobby. When we're speaking yes. about a black Wall Street district of 47, we're not looking just at 47th Street. Are you actually speaking about a district opposed to a business strip for the black I'm Wall Street in the, the Bronzeville area? I'm talking about the the business strip, but you got a caveat. See, you got you got the strip, but you also got the historical significant things that tell the story. The fight for Mandela to get out of jail started at Bethel AME, right at Forty Fifth in Michigan. You got the Swift Mansion which is a, a significant building that deals with the building of the railroad and the refrigerated car and, and the first black funeral homes and all of that. So what I'm saying is it's not just the physical strip of the street. You can create a billion-dollar tourism economy because the entire tip tells the story about the black struggle of the African-American moving north. Yes, we know that initially State Street was was a, a 35th and State Street, 31st and State Street, down on 35th and, and State, all of that was prime black business. It's just not there anymore. Okay, the the intact part of the the let's say historical district is the forty seventh street uh tiff. And since Lonnie Bunch came and took the coffin to the Smithsonian, in other words, we have the necessary tools to take to the White House. Um uh, uh Congressman Davis is waiting for my legislative draft on what this historical district inside the Bronzeville is looking like. And I'm asking for an executive order. I am not asking for no bills. I want the President of the United States to sign off on this so we can use it to leverage tax credits and and funding from different levels of government to repair this area, create economic development, just like the movie, them being there a whole month, it created a lot of jobs, okay, from the cleaning up of the courtyard to the security guards to the people being extras and so forth and so on, some of our local 
film guys got hired, people like Nathan Thompson were hired as film people, and they work all the way through August. So it's not, we celebrate the business district um, on one street, but we take those other quarters and we connect it to what's happening on the main street also. Mm-hmm. So again, you know. that this Black Wall Street district in in um, Bronzeville is basically a area opposed to a business strip. Well, I'm correct? saying what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, we know we're gonna fix up 47. That's the Blues District, right? We know we're going from the lakefront all the way to Ashland on that one. Okay, the sea map from the lakefront to Ashland. Well, that's why that's my vision. You know what I'm saying. As far as I'm saying is, when you look at what's on them streets, okay, the mosque at 47th and and Woodlawn, okay, that was where Muhammad Ali's gym was, okay, before Muhammad Ali gave the land to um, gave the land to his ex manager. And they built the mosque. Okay, two blocks over from the mosque is Minister Farrakhan's house, where Elijah Muhammad's house is. Okay, so you don't, you gotta go to the lake because a, a part of your history is associated. You know, it's Hyde Park, but we got stuff up there too. Okay, and then you come down, Earl Ghana. You know, they said that he wrote Misty. In the Sutherland Hotel, which is now the Sutherland Apartment. You know that song? Look at me, I'm as helpless as a kitten up a tree. Okay, I'm told that song was written in the Sutherland Hotel. So what I'm saying is when you look at the history, and then we're going to celebrate Malachi's legacy of his fight to save that hotel. So it's not just... You know what I'm saying. It's not just my spot. It's taking all this history and crossing the T's and dotting the I's. Okay, Uh, you know, everybody can say, well, we know 35th and State Street is here. But I'm saying when you're dealing with a legislative issue and you're trying to get money, a stimulus package, I'm saying that the 47th Street, Black Wall Street should be the stimulus package that we give the President of the United States that celebrates the great migration of black people north. Okay, so that's what I'm going to be working on with the help of you and your committee and your board and the national people because this legacy that our people created, starting with DuFable, first frontier tradesman. He's listed as the first frontier tradesman in the world. The Illinois uh, Department of Economic Development got him listed as the first frontier tradesman. What does that mean? That means he is the person that revolutionized trading on the river or a body of water. In other words, you sit in your boat, and trade, and you ain't got to go on the land. Okay, now we got three international ports because of that concept, and that's how the whole world, anywhere you got an international port, 
whether you're in New York City, New Orleans, wherever, DuSau is credited for creating that type of trade and business. So, yes, we have a legacy that the world celebrates. And we're yeah. saying... And we're saying that since Rio was a major, was a main slave port during the diaspora trail, during the slave passage, that we're going to extend our hands to our brothers in Brazil for the Olympics. Mm-hmm. So all roads lead to Bronzeville, Illinois, and Rio Bronzeville. Mm-hmm. I mean, Rio Brazil. Right. So what's okay. the community uh, perspective of other community organizations? So I understand that Bronzeville have about five different business organizations. Is there a collaborative of those businesses and not only uh, supporting the Black Wall Street initiative for Bronzeville, but also is there some co- collaborative based on the overall uh, plan and vision as you laid it out among those organizations? Well, people like Leroy Kennedy, who is uh, vice president of community affairs at IIT, he has taken it upon himself to try to get everybody to come in the room to kind of, you know, create that cohesion. Uh, IIT is taking upon itself to work with some of the huge uh, franchises to get them to line up with business districts in the Bronzeville area. And I guess that would be anywhere from, you know, from basically from 18th out to 71st. Okay. 18th Um, 18th Street to 71st Street? Now, is that anywhere... Is that any room or any vision or initiative to say how much black businesses would be included in this massive uh, uh, plan that IIT is initiating? Well, Mr. Carter, you are our leader, and you have been doing all of this stuff with the Black Wall Street and the CMAP, If I was to answer that question, I would say that you would get with Leroy Kennedy and you would raise the vision of what we're already doing with 75th Street and the C-Map and the Black Wall Street. And when all these people are having all these different meetings, all these different rooms, you get all these people's the mandate coming out of the National Black Wall Street Convention is we need people to stop meeting in 10 rooms and create a consolidated plan so we can maximize these dollars to fix up these communities. I asked you a question, and you're going to turn that question around and put responsibility on me. What is your Yeah, you the man. I mean, hey, I'm just trying to tell you. I don't, I don't, you know, I'm gonna get a call about this because somebody's living gonna call Leroy. This lady said you was in charge. Yeah, he's in charge. Out of everything that I'm seeing, I'm saying that Leroy Roy Kennedy is the person because he does so much in the community. 
Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm not letting them. I'm, well, not letting I'm, them I'm looking at see the, the historical uh, picture. I think that you know South Street Journal, the newspaper, came out uh, about where well, it came out in 1993, and maybe yes. about after two years thereafter. Now we know that Bronzeville at one point we was called the the Mid South. Before Mid South, right. we was we call uh, the Grand Boulevard or the Greater uh, Grand Boulevard community, and then right. we told somewhat kind of came into the mix of Bronzeville, and as we came back to the mix of Bronzeville, it seemed as though there has been somewhat of a bow face from the destruction well, of public housing that those business strips in Bronzeville, from uh, actually from 35th Street. Uh, uh, 39th Street was a heavy business district. Um, uh, 43rd Street, uh, 47th Street, they did have a parity of black businesses. Matter of fact, Bronzeville right. had about four black grocery stores. Uh, one on 42nd in Indiana, uh, 47th in uh, what's that in Cottage Grove. Uh, they yes. had the 51st, uh, I'm sorry, 53rd and State Street. Bronzeville had a good mixture of black businesses, but over the last 10 years, all of that has been, uh, is gone. But at the same time, what I'm hearing you saying is that under the leadership of IIT, uh, from 18th Street to 71st Street, that there's going to be a new wave of I'm not more of, of, of new type of businesses, but what I don't hear is the agenda for black businesses in this Bronzeville community. How Can is I that being addressed? I'm not saying that IIT is taking on no res- responsibility to 71st. That ain't what I'm saying. I'm saying from 35th Street, where the campuses is, that's where their focus is. You know we got the new Starbucks there. We got the new Kinko's there. Okay, that's their focus. I'm saying since we got this National Heritage Area uh, thing coming up, which is 18th to 71st, since we know that there's black Wall Street legislative um, uh, action going for the 75th Street, black Wall Street, since we know that we got this historical Bronzeville, I'm bringing 47th on the table, and we got all these other strategic planning coming from the CMAP. Okay, okay, those is the culprits. It ain't it ain't these other groups. It's just that if you go into ten meetings and you look at the map, okay, all I'm saying is, see, it's incumbent upon us to save our black businesses. Ain't no white man gonna save the black business because they consider. They they consider that as a ma and pa, and the new wave is to get rid of the ma and pa and bring in the franchises. So that's why they going after the liquor licenses because see what they did in the South Loop. People like uh, Mel Monroe worked in the South Loop, and I'm gonna give him credit for. Tearing down the Cotton Club, strictly business. Mr. Ricky's couldn't get You're his license. You giving him credit? You wait a minute. You giving him credit for tearing them down? 
Yeah, he was the one down there in the South Loop working with them people to get rid of the black businesses out of the South Loop. Now he in our community running the same stuff, okay? Bobby, do you hear what you're saying? Do you hear yourself, Bobby? I'm calling him out right now, okay, because black folk wearing wearing, uh, costumes. Okay, so what you do is... You heard okay, it live here I'm, no, on no. Chicago Black Business Network. I'm third, no, no, I'm third. I'm the third war Republican commitment, right? You're I'm right. supposed to protect. I'm supposed to protect my citizens, right? You got okay? it. Okay, now here you go. All right, and 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 I want anybody listening. I just want you to look at this, okay? The third war starts at 15th Street. Okay, the third war Republican, uh, um, the third war Democrat, and the third war automatic. That's the same map. Okay, don't change. Okay, now, from you see all of the business flourishing. Okay, they locked me up at Some Like It Black for jazz night at 18th Street. Okay, that's when Mel was down there during that time when I got locked up in the yeah, South Loop. And the re- okay, and and the reader. See, sometimes you have to go through some pain because there's some learning in it. And then when the stuff come again, you're going to catch it. So I'm catching it now. Okay, I have met with every black club in the South Loop before I got locked up. I met with Mr. Riffy. Ricky, I called Coco Taylor. She had the, the new lounge right there where the Baldwin ice cream is right there, across from the jewels at Wabash and um and Roosevelt. Okay. Mm-hmm. I met with the Cotton Club. I met with that guy, that very arrogant guy at the Epitome. Used to be the Clint, be just before they changed the name. and I met with the people at the Velvet Lounge. And I asked them, I said, let's come together and work together. Everybody thought they could handle things by themselves. There ain't nobody there, right? <laughs> Everybody gone. No, but let me tell you what they did. They said they said that the Something Like a Black Poetry Club was harboring this or whatever, and they, they didn't want it down there because they didn't want no entertainment. What's down there across the street from Something Like a Black now? A liquor store, a liquor lounge, right? Okay, now, if you go from 15th to 26th Street, I ain't even looked at the liquor store map yet. Okay, but check this out. If you go from, count the liquor licenses. Okay, let's, 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 let's take it to 12, even though that's another ward. Count the liquor license for Roosevelt. To 26th Street, from the lakefront to Canal, you're probably gonna come up with a hundred liquor licenses. You sounded like like Malcolm X sometimes when he said we we, we went for the okie doke. We we went to the okie doke. We got okie doke here, huh? So 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 we supposed to be the heritage area, right? We supposed the Bronzeville supposed to be like the French quarters in New Orleans. When right. we open up these new jazz clubs and dinner clubs and things, okay, how you gonna do that? You understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. If you ain't got no liquor, 
So you gonna you have laid own, it out. You, you made it have, you laid you it out, have, Bobby. You gonna, you, so you gonna have a triple vacant lot. They were already trying to move to a vacant lot. Okay, University of Chicago already done redlined us. It's like we ain't there. Mm. People come in town, they don't know where the hell to go because we ain't in the map quest. That's we right. the north side is the map quest. Okay, you don't get to know where Bronzeville is unless you go through the Elks, the Masons, the Greeks, mm. or the church, or you happen to have a friend and somebody will guide you into the community. Okay, and we and you can get your party on, pick up your greens, and move on. But what I'm trying to say to you, I'm, my family needs to understand what's going down. Okay, yeah. I'm going to save the 113 Club. That's the oldest black club for lounge that's, that's, that's um What do you mean save it? Is it, in th- is, is it being threatened or something? Well, not, let's say, not right this minute, but if you try to vote the area dry, what the way I would do with the liquor people, I would put all the liquor stores on a committee, and I would make them in charge of all of the entertainment, okay? I would make them pay for all the little league baseball clubs, help the newspapers. In other words, I would give them something to do and then bring that hospitality academy down there at McCormick Place, McPeer, the state agency in, and train them about how to aesthetically fix those businesses and deal with the people hanging outside the businesses. So as you lay this out, as you lay all of this out and you lay laying out the, the planning, you laying out the logistics of what has happened, Recently, what happened? You're not only talking about you. You're not only talking about what happened uh, 20 years ago, but you're looking. You're bringing about what happened 10 years ago and how it's affecting what's going on now. Does in your uh, perception, do the community get this here? uh, Has you laid out the blue plan of what's happening? Uh, is the community at large, and again, taking full consideration, we kind of addressed this earlier, about Bronzeville that have approximately about five different business organizations. Are they talking the language that you're speaking, or they're no. on somewhat of a different agenda? And if since well, you said no, why is that they're not? Because they think, they got enough time. In other words, I remember back 20 years ago before I came to Bronzeville, sitting in the nurse's station trying to um, save babies that were born with crack cocaine in their system, and we would be sitting at the nurse's station in our scrubs and stuff concerned about the babies, you know, 3 o'clock in the morning. And one somebody, two people said this, a social worker said this, and then a black, they were both black people. They said, um, maybe we need our own holocaust. In other words, there needs to be ethnic cleansing in the race. In other words, we're going to sacrifice a certain part of our race so we can get a purer breed or something. In other words, I'm going to close up all these Negro joints. And then we're going to get us some pretty stuff, okay, because 
we don't want to be associated with that. Okay, some of these new Negroes think that they got some time to sacrifice somebody in their culture. Okay, now, as far as I know it, when I was a little kid, the black family next door took care of me. We took care of each other. And whether they were high yellow, whether they was rich, we all lived in the same community, and we looked out um, for each other. How that relates to bring it home to you, Ron, is this. Okay, Carrie Austin, out in the 34th Ward. Right, far south side of Chicago. Let me tell you, they, they banging out there. Okay, from Solar Energy, she done put a black Chili's restaurant, which is the equivalent to Benikin, in the black mall. Okay? Now, it's a liquor license in there. You can't get no strawberry daiquiri if you ain't got no liquor license. So I can go to a black Chili's restaurant. If Bronzeville is voted dry, Chili's ain't coming here. Mm-hmm. Do you think whatever, that maybe it's a... Or whatever, so a, whatever. Okay, well, let me ask you, do you think that there's a plan to, I mean, as you uh, looked at the uh, focus of what happened to all those black uh, nightclubs that was the right in the near downtown area, the Cotton Club, yeah. the uh, all of those, right. all of them had liquor, uh, there was liquor license, and it was really, and you know, the you know, it, it was a bunch of clubs down there. Now that those but clubs you know have gone... Was? Now that there are new clubs that are not black on, do you think that there is a reverse of what's happening in Bronzeville to close down the liquor license and then after that reopen them up with some new established liquor license owners? Well, since you opened up that can of arms, okay, I'll give you a case in point scenario. What we found out, if I would tell you about going to jail for jazz, being in the South Loop, some like a black, beautiful club, off the chain. Okay, we didn't own the building. So how that relates to Bronzeville is when I met with the new owner of the 113 Club, she said, oh, we ain't going nowhere. We're going to be here forever. And I thought about it. I had a some like a black moment. I said, well, if LZ Higginbottom don't want you here, you gonna, you ain't going to be here. You're going to be closed because LZ Higginbottom owns the building that the 113 Club is in. Correct. So if he evicts his tenant, then your historical speakeasy goes out the damn door. Mm-hmm. Huh? Okay. If you don't own the joint, you know what I'm saying? Okay, Kyle, he owns the grocery store. Kyle owns the building that that the Negro League Cafe was in. Kyle owns the Forum, which was one of your first black elk lodges in the city of Chicago in 1904. He owns all those buildings. So he can can bring a Chili's in one of those buildings. Okay, he can bring, in other words, the flip side might be, that, okay, Cloud, we're going to take your liquor license from your grocery store. You understand what I'm saying? But Chili is looking at your space. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
uh, Chile wants to buy the forum or some new other person wants to put in a new restaurant where the Negro League Cafe was. Okay, and then we just have to beat on Elsie Higginbottom about the 113 Club. Negro, you ain't getting ready to do that. Okay, you getting ready to keep this open. Okay, so that's how you do it, you know. And I don't care about you ask me to, somebody asked me to send me an email to call in. So, hey, I'm doing National Black Wall Street in a couple of weeks. So, hey, I need people to meet me on the street you know, about these black businesses. And, yes, I'm calling out of every, every Negro that think he white and think he's going to sell his people out, I'm calling everybody out. Meet me on the street. Well, Bobby, you going to have, yeah. you, you, you got Meet two me roles. on the street. You got two roles um, at the National Summit. One role okay. you have, you're going to do a presentation at the Saturday Summit on the uh, state of the 47, not the 47th Street, I guess, are we going to be calling it the 47th Street Black Wall District, or are we just going to be calling it the Bronzeville Black Wall Street District? Right, because Harold Luke is going to be there clowning, so let's just, <laughs> hey, no, we got to get this, look, we got to get on the sake of our ancestors and the gifts that they, that they left us, we got to be on top of our game, baby. Okay. We gotta be on top well, of our game. Mm-hmm. Well, I have to say, Bobby, you definitely have. Uh, you know, we got a lot of callers. Uh, not a lot of callers, but we got a lot of people listening in on you uh-huh. from around the country, and you have made some real strong comments here on this radio program tonight. Do you realize that? Well, what you want me to do? I've been doing research. <laughs> Okay. Anybody want anybody want to box with me? Meet me on the street. Okay. Uh-huh. I am right. not getting ready. I am not getting ready to be robbed of my legacy. Mm-hmm. Okay. The ancestors have left this for me. I'm supposed to manage. I am an inheritor. I'm a steward. I'm a steward of the culture, and I this is my inheritance. So if I don't step to it, ain't no dream. Well, Bobby, I okay. just uh, ain't no right. dream. Uh, you know, you and I have known each other since the existing of uh, South Street Journal. You was a yes. board member on the uh, South Street Journal newspaper. Uh, you have been consistent. Uh, you have stepped back a little bit, but every time you step back, you seem to step back because I've been three. trying to get this stuff on paper. Okay. Yeah, well, you step up, you step back up with three more giant steps, and I, I have to commend uh, the work and the insight that you have. And I think uh-huh. that the you know we got a real task of carrying your message and your insight so that people too can can accept and make some action on it. So coming well, you know this what year, I'm gonna do? what you gonna do? What well, I wanna, well, you said. I don't, I want to make it easy for you. I'm gonna do you like the Masons. Let's say my son would say, "Open up the Book of David." Mm-hmm. It's all in there, okay? okay. Mm-hmm. You know, so so you're fighting. You're a little warrior fighting the family of giants. Mm-hmm. You can win, but you just gotta have that right aim. Or like mm-hmm. Reverend Jackson says, keep your eye on the prize. 
Right. Well, we definitely want to keep our eyes on the prize, and we definitely got to keep our eyes on you and your leadership and your insight as not just for the sake of uh, of Bronzeville and the historical Rosenwald building, but what happens here in Chicago can be a reflection of what's what is happening nationwide and the 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 issues and the frustrations that we have in sustaining and increasing black businesses is a reflection of our nation and it's a reflection of if you don't control the economics of your community you're not going to be be able to control the social conditioning and the cultural uh, uh commitment of your community so we definitely want to commend you and we want to uh definitely uh, pay due respect for the work that you have done, and we are going to be looking for you to be at this uh, this summit, this national summit, to lay it out the way you lay it out here. But Bobby, you know one thing about you. Uh, I'm gonna have my hammer in hand when we got to take matter. that pause for the call. Well, look, look, what? Look, what? What? Bobby, you you know yeah, don't go it, well it, what I'm talking fact. about. You know, Jane Brown says what it is is what it is. Okay, <laughs> meet me on the street. Wait a minute. Let me tell you. Black Chicago is the capital for the entire black world. Yes. In other words, we represent third world people globally. If we don't get it right, nobody else knows how to move. Correct. Okay? You're right. Correct. Well, we're going to get ready to uh, close out our show uh, this evening, uh, Bobby. We have just a a few minutes. But, again, but before that, I want to ask you this question. Again, the Black Wall Street District, is it a 47th Street Black Wall Street District, or is it just basically the Bronzeville Black Wall Street District? I'm saying 47th Street is a Black Wall Street uh, district, but I got little ancillary things happening around it. In other words, I'm 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 going to create a district that's central, um, the historical district that represents that whole struggle, that civil okay. rights struggle, which is All that right. 47th Street tip. In other well, words, me, like they did, right. like they did in Atlanta with the St. Auburn. You know, yeah. you got the stuff. You got all they 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 are Black Wall Street district. They got all the historical buildings, and it's an actual street. But then they give you the other piece. They give you Sweet Auburn, which is you know the King family and and the civil rights and all that. Right. So different people playing with this because they want to maximize. They want to be able to tell a story, tell a history, and get paid all at the same time. Now, uh, 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 U.S. Senator, um, oh, wow, pardon me, um, uh, Roland Burroughs, he just passed yes. a legislation for the African-American uh, historical uh, legislation, uh, which gave focus on landmarks that had contribution to the African-American uh, movement. Are you familiar with that legislation that he passed? I'm going to take US credit Senate? for that bill. I'm going to take, take credit, credit for that for one. Because so I had the press it. conference. I had the press conference a year ago 
in April, invited him, his campaign, right at the 47th in Michigan, about us naming the historical district. And then when I met with um, uh, the Sawyer boy that, that worked with Dorothy Tillman, uh, what's his name? Um, um, you know, um, you know, Kenny Sawyer okay. is, is, um, is, is a U.S. Senator Barris's chief of staff. Right. And okay. Well, Ernest, you know what, Ernest Bobby? Sawyer, we, we got a Ernest lot to Sawyer, go. Wait a Bobby, Bobby, Bobby. Sawyer drew the tiff. He drew right. the 47th Street tiff. So I'm figuring right. everybody took the paint word they got okay. together. And we well, straight, Bobby, 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 Bobby. <laughs> we going to have to close out. Uh, we're, yeah. we're right at the end of the program. We want to welcome you, but we're going to have to talk uh, later before the assignment so we can get some strategies together. I want to thank yeah. you for being on this here program. You definitely had our listeners tuned in. And, again, uh, thank you, and we're going to get it together. Sonia, did I give you any time left to have your announcements? Are you going to kill me, Sonia, or are you going to kill Bobby? What, what is it going to be? <laughs> no, y'all, my good, y'all my good Ron people. Y'all my good people. It was all good. But you know what, Bobby? Uh, what? You know, you know what? Yeah, he don't let me talk, Bobby. But anyway, uh, Rod, she does have me coming over there at 3 o'clock to practice for something and put on a dress and a hat. I don't know what she's doing to me on Saturday, but I am going to meet <laughs> yeah. you on the street on Saturday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna meet you on the street on Saturday. Where yeah. are we meeting at? Where are we meeting at Saturday? Forty, forty from King Drive. And what okay. time is that, Bobby? From ten ten a.m. to six p.m. Just look at look for the crowd. Okay. They're gonna be That's right it. there. I would say start at the waffle and chicken place right there at the risk okay. um the risk condos. Okay, mm-hmm. and the crowd's probably going to start there and going to go up south to the church. Mm-hmm. Okay, dear her. Okay, okay, let me let yeah. me say this. Yes, we are going to meet on the street. We're also going to meet on the street on August 11th, which is a Wednesday at the office of the South Street Journal. We're going to be networking Chicago style. Once again, we're doing this every month, people, and this is the last time we're going to network leading up to the national convention. So that is August. 11th, that's a Wednesday, 4.30 p.m. to 8.30 p.m. at 449 East 35th Street. We'll have some light refreshments for you. Uh, bring your 100 business cards and your business presentation. Everyone will get an opportunity uh, to discover what Black Wall Street is about, what Chicago's Black Business Network is about. We invite you to join us and touch the world. You listen to Black Wall Street USA with our host, Chairman of Black Wall Street Chicago, Ron Carter, I'm Sonia Perdue, founder of Chicago's Black Business Network.com, and Bobby Johnson, third ward committeeman in Chicago, is also a member of Chicago's Black Business Network.com, and she's sure the hell to represent us well. Love it, Bobby, love it. I want hey, to leave me on the street. Leave me on the street. That's right. Yeah, I'm, I'm not playing. Make... I'm not playing with no Negroes about this call. I'm not, they've been I'm coming not playing. to get right. I'm not playing, mm-hmm. but it, yeah. <laughs> that's that's something we use around the office a lot. I'm not playing with y'all, but anyway, I wanna. Yeah. <laughs> that's an inside joke. I'm not playing with y'all, but anyway, 
Angela, Angela, J, Angela Williams, who is executive director of Southeast Chamber of Commerce, one of my favorite Black Wall Street board members. I don't, I don't want to uh, leave this evening in the last couple of minutes without mentioning her uh, breakfast. She is hosting a business forum, Southeast Chicago Chamber of Commerce is, Tuesday, August 17th from 8.30 a.m. to 10.30 a.m. at BJ's Market and Bakery at 8734 South Stony Island. That is in the Stony Black Wall Street District. She, as well as Bobby Johnson, will also be making presentations at the uh, convention, All Eyes on Chicago, August 20th through 23rd. Want to make one more point in this last three minutes. We started the show it, with Carol Walden. I'm I put the woo in woman. Didn't we do that, Bobby? We showing up to girl. Yes. I put the woo in woman. That was Carolyn Walton. And I wanted, we started, we usually start with Common Ground by Kosher. And we've been starting with that song since December. But I played that this morning because I wanted you all to know we're expecting over 500 people uh, nationwide for this convention and summit. And we're giving out goodie bags uh, to to 500 people that week. And if you want to be a part of that marketing distribution package, you know, I asked the question, when is the last time you gave out 500 cards? This year? Uh, certainly you didn't do it in one day. You can call me at 312-239 to be a part of that marketing package. It's $50. When have you gave out 50 business cards? Don't be a secret. Don't be a secret. Let everybody know what you're doing. This is a black national business form, and you should be a part of it. And the reason I play Carolyn Walton, because her producer, Carol, her producer, Curtis Davis, who is a member of Chicago, Chicago's Black Business Network.com, is sending us some CDs. So All you right, can do the same good. thing. Yes, he is. He sent me an email this morning. He's FedExing them out. These are going to be some great goodie bags, people. You should be a part of all that we do in sustaining and increasing black business. Love you, Bobby. Love you, Ron. Thank you for being a part of Black Wall Street USA. Tune in next week. All the districts across the nation, Oakland, San Diego, Chicago, uh, Minneapolis, did I say that right, Durham, Atlanta, will be reporting uh -huh. in. That is, that is our national Black Wall Street show. Tune in next week. We thank every one of you. Ron, good night. Bobby, talk to you tomorrow with that head and dress. Okay. Good night, all, and have a good one. Okay. And thank you all for being with us tonight. Okay, good night. Good night, Bobby. I will see you tomorrow. Good night, everyone. Okay. Bye-bye. Thank you.